Hi, this is Steve Kelly. Thanks for tuning in for the podcast of this week's Saturday Sports Talk program with Lauren Tate and myself. And a special thanks to the folks at Kirby Wealth Management Group for their sponsorship of the podcast. We hope you enjoy Saturday Sports Talk. When it comes to financial planning, most financial companies focus on your income. At Kirby Wealth Management Group, we focus on your outcome. That's why we know what it takes to succeed both on your balance sheet and in your life. It takes the right financial partner who looks at where you are now, where you want to go, and designs a financial plan to take you there. We're here to help you achieve the life that you're after, today and every day after. Focus on your financial outcome with Kirby Wealth Management Group. To get started, visit our website at justin-kirby.com. It's time for Illini Pella Saturday Sports Talk on News Talk 1400 and 93.9 FM WDWS Champaign-Urbana, where we talk all things Illini along with other area and national sports. Join the program by calling 217-356-9397 or send a text to the Castle Heating and Cooling text line 217-351-5357. Now, here are your hosts. Lauren Tate and Steve Kelly. Hello once again, everybody, and welcome to the program. Illini Pella Saturday Sports Talk with you until 11 o'clock today. Ahead of Illinois baseball at noon, a doubleheader this afternoon. Softball's playing a doubleheader. There's a lot going on on this Mother's Day weekend. How are you doing there, Coach? You're doing good. You hesitated when you said 11. I thought maybe you were going to keep us till 12. No, I'm not going <laughs> to. I'm not going to keep you any longer than. I'm not going to sit with you any longer than I have to. 11 o'clock. Phone line is open, 217-356-9397. See those birthdays today? We got Holosek this week, the, old, the linebacker mm-hmm. from Illinois, 50 years old, and Willie Mays, 91, and still cooking. I believe he is the oldest living baseball Hall of Famer, and you saw him briefly right before he turned into a star, right? You, well, I didn't your see past crossed, I didn't kind of. I didn't actually see him, but when I was at Fort Monmouth in, in the military, he was in the same league. Play. He played baseball that whole year, that whole summer, uh, in the military. Actually, Steve, he went in in the previous year, and so he lost a partial year and an entire year in 53, and you know he came back in 1954, was MVP of the National League with the Giants. So that'll tell you just how good he was at that time. And think about how many home runs he lost. Uh, you know, He would have been over 700 home runs, Steve, if, yeah. if, uh, if he hadn't lost 40 or 50 that he would have hit when he was in the military. You talked about him playing baseball. What did you do in the military? You did the same thing. Well, I didn't get to play baseball. I played <laughs> basketball. <laughs> yes, I was in special services, yes. Well, who was it that you faced? Lou Brock? Well, that somebody was, you faced the uh, Hall of Famer. That, well, that was yeah, that was bas- that was years later uh, when I was pitching up in Hammond when we we played the U.S. Pan American team, which which was pre- which they were actually uh, drilling in Chicago, and the manager of the team. I'm sorry, I've forgotten his name now. But he's a good friend at the time. Called me and he said, "Would you uh, could you get a team down there?" And I said, "Yeah, we we we'll play in." And so we, they, we brought him down to Hessel Park in in Hammond, and I pitched the first uh, seven innings, and Joe Baliga pitched the last two. And the only thing I remember about it was the second batter up. I had two strikes. <laughs> And I got real clever and, and threw a change up and hit a line drive to right field, single. 
my right fielder was a, was a, actually a first baseman, and he came in to pick up the ball and went right past him, and the, and the guy circled the bases. <laughs> so I'm one to nothing down in the first inning. Bingo. We lost five to nothing. Terry Gellinger was the pitcher for the U.S. Pan American team, and he was the star for Illinois at the time. These were all college players who played for the U.S. Pan American team. And, and Lou Brock batted third and had no stolen bases but two doubles. <laughs> <laughs> Think about all the stuff that's up there in that noggin of yours that you keep – Oh, well. You, 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 you can't remember a guy's name, then you remember it in the same conversation. <laughs> <laughs> I know it. <laughs> well, that's true. But uh, they had two major they had two major leaguers on that team, Brock and one other guy. And they had a guy that the the catcher on the team. Get this, the catcher on the team was the was the star goalie for the U.S. team. The catcher was a goalie also. Makes sense. Kind of makes sense, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. You've got the phone lines that open. Was long, that was 1959, by right. the way. <laughs> I was 10 years old at that time, I think. Phone lines are open, 217-356-9397. Here's what is on the lineup today. Plenty of time for your calls and conversation. We're going to talk things over with uh, Matt Stevens from IlliniGuys.com about 930. Several, we've got to wrap up spring football practice uh, for the Illini and a lot of other things on the uh, docket there as well. At 10 o'clock, Tom Ackerman, KMOX in St. Louis. He's got a few minutes for us. He's uh, hosting a derby party today in st louis so are you be, gonna watch the derby uh, no the cardinal game's on about that time well you can watch them both you <laughs> i guys, know you can it only takes two minutes right? I know. <laughs> maybe you'll catch it during a commercial commercials run just think commercials run longer than the derby i may watch it because it's back to quote unquote normal with a full mm-hmm. crowd and 20 horses 20 and, horses can you imagine what it's like coming out of that gate what if you were like in the 18th or 19th spot trying to get you know you're going to get cut off you just what choice do you have but to fall over and try to come in from and try to come in from behind we'll talk um baseball with uh tom ackerman coming up at 10 o'clock and then at 10 30 brad dancer will visit uh, with us as well. He's a little bit uh, like a fish out of water right now. Mm-hmm. He's got work to do yet, but he's not he, coaching his team. Yeah, That's tough. It's, yeah, he's unhappy about that. And the NCAA championships are going to be here, so uh, he'll be busy with that. He'll have one player playing in the uh, singles, so that'll be good. Yeah. But uh, So those are the guests lined up, but uh, as I said, plenty of time in between. Major League Baseball from uh, yesterday, the Cardinals out west playing in San Francisco scored a run in the uh, top of the ninth inning to beat the Giants 3-2. to two. So the Cardinals take uh, games one and two of that series. Single Cut. by Carlson, who hadn't been hitting much. No, he hadn't. There's a lot but of guys. He got, that, he got a clutch hit in the ninth inning uh, to score the, the what turned out to be the winning run. They've got several guys not hitting their weight. You're not kidding. <laughs> in that lineup. Well, I don't know if they can keep O'Neill. That's a problem. they got those top three players are playing so well for the Cardinals. Edmund leading off, and then you got Goldsmith. Of course, you got Arenado, and and then what? Exactly. <laughs> oh, uh, it's a wonder. O'Neill is striking out a lot now, and they've fooled around with the lineup a little bit. And yeah, um, Cubs and Dodgers at the Wrigley Field were rained out. They're going to try to play two a day night doubleheader today. Mm-hmm. The White Sox beat the Red Sox four to two. The White Sox now have won four straight. Four. They got to, they got to straighten out maybe. And the Illinois game against the Miami of Ohio for last night was rained out, so they'll play two today. Yeah, start at noon. As will the softball team against Penn State. Today's also the world's largest softball I'm, tailgate. I'm going to the tailgate. Oh, yeah? Yep, by 1130 I'm going to hit over there and 
and, and hang around for a while and then try to see a few innings of the softball game and maybe drop over to the baseball game later. Basketball transfer portal news. Brandon Podzimski has picked a destination. He's going west to Santa Clara. Illini, former Illini basketball player, will play out there. He gets to play Gonzaga twice a year and St. Mary's in that uh, same league. Got a couple of calls. Let's start with uh, Steve in Princeton. Hey, Steve, good morning. Hey, good morning, guys. Not a cloud in the sky. Sunshine's going to be a beautiful weekend. Hey, uh, last night on our Quad Cities TV station, they announced that Steve Stricker's going to come back and play in the Quad Cities Open this year. Terrific. So I was glad to know that he's in good health and ready to go. But they announced he's called in, signed in, and ready to play in the Quad Cities Open. Well, he got off to a good start in the championship uh, event yesterday. He had four birdies in the first five holes and shot 68, and he's three shots out of the lead after the first round. So, Yes, he's back. He had a he finished second last weekend for the uh, in that tournament, and so uh, you know he led that, and then he wound up uh, tying for second place. Right. So I'm quite sure there'll be a pretty good Illini delegation up here for the Quad Cities Open. Then well, it's great that uh, yeah, it's great to hear that. Thank you. So anything okay. else? Nope, that's it, guys. Just wanted to let you know, unless you heard that Steve was going to play up there, but yep. hadn't, I hadn't heard it. Thank you. Thanks for uh, listening and uh, calling, Steve. We appreciate it. Let's uh, check in with Alan calling from Champaign. Hey, Alan, good morning. Good morning, gentlemen. With all of the Illini football players who had signed free agent contracts after the draft was over, I'm always curious, just in an estimated form, nothing specific, of how much money could a contract like that possibly get? Oh, boy, uh I don't know. Uh, There's so many. First of all, you have the drafted players. You have the non-drafted players, and none of that's guaranteed, is it, Steve? I mean, you wouldn't think that if no. you you got to make the team. You, and, you get paid for the time you're in, in camp, and then when yeah. that ends, uh, I'm sure that— I assume they get some kind of small bonus to start off with, but I didn't know if it was enough you could take a good six months and still work out and have things, or if it was just a little bit of eating money. Well, I think there's probably a combination of both or— uh, an opportunity for both. They still have like practice squads, taxi squads that you could be employed and be on oh, yeah. and, uh, and kind of hang with the team in that, that manner as well. Well, very good. Well, maybe somebody will call in that, that knows a little more about it. Yeah. Well, I, I, if anybody's got some, uh, we could look that up, I, I think, but uh, if anybody's got an idea on how much, let's say how much uh, Kramer would make with the Giants after being drafted. I mean, that, well, I was thinking the non-drafted. Drafted somebody well, can look well, that the, up. Or the, yeah, well, the non-drafted are going to, as Steve said, they're just going to get a salary uh, for the time that they're actually involved. Kramer uh, was drafted by the Bears, by the way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah you said Vikings. but or you said Giants, actually. I did? You did. <laughs> I must have said something else. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, no, I know he's with the Bears. He's saying orange and blue. Yeah. But... Um, yeah, I, but I I, uh, I think that uh, you know those other guys are they 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 just got to these are tryouts is what they amount to and they get a minimum amount of money and and if they can make the team then they get more. Sounds good. Well, thanks, guys. Yep, appreciate you listening. Bye bye. Good day, weather wise for a change. We're not uh, seeing any rain here in central Illinois. Did you see the forecast for next week? They're talking about knocking on the door of the nineties. Sunshine. <laughs> Sunshine. We got wind coming what up happened Monday to spring? or Tuesday, but yeah, it, it's it's going to get hot in a hurry. That's okay. Yeah. Don't like uh, 
having to bundle up in two or three layers to go outside and do anything, play golf or whatever you do. 217-356-9397 is the number. The transfer portal, I, I guess, is kind of quieted down a little bit. Now we're kind of waiting to see what the guys that are still in the NBA draft decide to do. They've got some time to uh, stay in or pull out. Yeah, I saw those numbers. Uh, the 58 positions is 180-odd uh, players, uh, college players, and, a, and 45 foreign players, Steve. They're clogging that 58 man draft. It's 58 because two teams don't have drafts this year. Right. Normally it's 60, but uh, what's going to happen? But there's 300-some players still in the draft right for now, right? I don't think it's quite that many. I thought it was 184 plus 45. That could be. But I mean, I'm not sure. Okay. I, that was the number I saw this morning. Okay. But uh, that was the number that had to sign up by April 23. And the point of it is that some of those players who don't – okay, the ones that get drafted, they're gone. They're, they're, those 58, they're going to be in the NBA or attached to the NBA. Some might get sent down to the G League. But the, the remain, of those remainder, many of those guys, some of those guys are coming back to college. Right. And there will be a crush of recruiting and NIL offers coming to those guys because – you got to assume that most of the guys that think they're good enough to consider the NBA are pretty good at the college level, and they're coming back. And they're probably not coming back to the school that they originally signed with, so they're free agents. And I would imagine uh, that uh, you'll see a big turnout. So that's why it's just foolish to try to pick your starting lineups for any team right now because you got all these good you know, quality players or talented players Coming back into availability. We are off and rolling on Illini Pella Saturday Sports Talk. Again, the phone line is open if you want to jump in. We'll take our first time out and be back with more. Lauren Tate, Steve Kelly with you until 11 right here on DWS. Mike Mary and his team at the Pella Window and Door Store want to thank you for what's been an incredible year so far. Looking for the right window and door for your next project from replacement, remodeling, or new construction? Go see them now. If you got a project later this year or into 2022, now is the time to start the conversation. The Pella Window and Door Store, easy to find, 1001 North Country Fair Drive in Champaign, or visit them online PellaofChampagne.com. Actually, play-by-play today at noon, first game. Lauren Tate, Steve Kelly, a thousand miles from nowhere. I think uh, Dwight Yoakam did that song for us. Oh, yeah. That's where we are. That's where we're at. (laughs) And darn glad to be here, right? Mm-hmm. 9.16 is the time. 217-840. I almost gave my cell phone number. 217-356-9397. Don't, don't call me on my cell. <laughs> That's a first. I haven't done that uh, ever. But uh, if you can figure out the other four digits, go ahead and call me. <laughs> right. um, transfer portal still kicking around. And uh, we, we mentioned pods going to Santa Clara and and we haven't heard about uh, Benjamin uh, Bosman's Verdonk, what he might be thinking yet. And uh, and as you said, we're kind of in a holding pattern on what happens after the hold that thought because we got Alan back on the line in Montrose. Good morning, Alan. What's up? 
Morning, guys. Uh, sorry about that. I was going down from the house and lost contact with you. Uh, has Pete Nance went anywhere yet? Nope. No, he's up for both. He's a, he's signed up for the draft and he's signed up for uh, the the portal. Like a number, a, a lot of those guys are signed up both ways, and we don't know which way they're going to turn. So there's still a chance we can get him there now, I guess. Oh yeah. Oh sure. Yeah. Absolutely. Huh. Anything else? Uh, is there anybody else we're looking at besides him that you know of? Well, I'm. Yeah, we think they're looking at Mayer and uh, from uh, Baylor. Baylor, and uh, yeah, I, I think that uh, they're they're involved in so many people. It's like Steve brought up something this morning. Had you ever heard of Plummer before Plummer announced for Illinois? Had he been in the? Oh. Was he in the NBA draft? No, I mean not that I know of. I mean maybe he was, but my point is that there's going to be somebody pop up that you don't know about, and and uh, there are too many options. When you have literally hundreds of options, are we really going to sit around here and fuss about one guy or two? I mean, it could be anybody. Yeah. There's going to be a there's going to be a big change in in the power structure of basketball in in the United States in the next month or two, because a whole bunch of good players are going to come back into the market. Yeah. Well, I think this whole NIL thing is going to fluctuate everything in college sports as we know it also, too. So well, I, that's I, going to be in the mix, too. I ended my Sunday column with this one because I'm kind of proud of I thought of it. I said, all we need is an auctioneer. Hey. And all that bidding, we need somebody. We need an auctioneer because one team is going to make a bid. Then another team is going to come in and make a higher bid. Then another team is going to make. And all of them are illegal. It's all illegal. Yeah. But the NCA is toothless, and they don't know what to do about it. They know it's illegal. They're talking about it being illegal, and people are doing it anyway. They are inducing players to come to school with NIL offers, and that is not appropriate. The NIL is supposed to be after you're already in the school, you can make money. But that, that's not what's happening. And everybody knows it, and it's ten times worse than it was before. Do you think someday that Congress will get involved with all this? Well, there's a couple uh, commissioners right now talking to members of Congress, trying to get them. I don't know when they're going to act or if they're going to act. I don't know how anybody would know that. Okay. Just somewhere, it's gotta, somewhere somebody's got to put a stop to it, and I don't know how you're going to do it. Well, you can't like you put say, a stop to You cannot put a stop to something that the courts approve of. You cannot put a stop. Let's just say, oh, we we think there should be a limit on the amount of money that that a player can get in NIL. You take it, they take it to court, and the judge says, why would there be a limit? I don't understand. Why would there be a limit? There's no limit. I can't put a limit well, on it. Well, as you know, as you know, courts change their mind all the time. Just look at Roe v. Wade. They're well, changing their mind on that now. Well, so. I, well, that's true. Of course, it's true. But that's a whole other. Courts can change their mind. Courts can change their mind too. You get the right people in it. Yeah, well, I, I, I think if, when it comes to antitrust stuff like this, they are not going to put a limit on it. They just aren't. There's never been any indication it'll be nine zero. The Alston case by the Supreme Court was nine zero. It's a lot different than five four. Yeah, that's true. 
Let me ask you this, uh, Alan. As a fan, um, are you as much a fan with the way this is going? In other words, you know, your your favorite team, I'm going to say, okay, your favorite team's probably Illinois, is going to have a different roster almost every year. You're not going to yeah, get the you're not going to get the uh the Kendall Gills of the world and the guys that are going to be here for 4 years. Uh the no. Nick Andersons who wasn't here 4 years but he was here 3 and played 2, but you're not going to get those guys from year to year. It's going to be a new roster every year. It's kind of hard to stay what's the word I'm looking for? Stay loyal to a team that Changes all the time like that. Yeah, the Kentucky you know I mean? and Kentucky and Duke had a real problem with their fans trying to <laughs> well, stay loyal, loyal to well, their team. Well, I get I get that part, but yeah. <laughs> Look, when they throw the ball up, you and I do the same thing every time, Steve. We complain about everything. We talk about NIL. And they throw that ball up, and we're lost in the game for that 40 minutes. The only difference is everything that goes wrong in that game when I'm sitting next to you is my fault. <laughs> Well, that's right. Once the ball goes up, it's the same team, just different names, different players. And, well, it's just going to be really hard to get used to if it keeps going like this, which I assume it's going to. So what are you doing? You, are you working this weekend? Yeah, I'm doing a lot of them. i got five games a day up on. Last night I had two games, and it was miserable. Yeah. They shouldn't even been playing. Now you're going to be complaining about the heat next week. <laughs> uh, you're exactly right. I've got two games next week and it's going to be 90 degrees down there. I'm not used to going from three layers of clothes to weeks and I had nothing. <laughs> well, we hope you don't do it with nothing. <laughs> well, I won't be going. You know what I mean. <laughs> I'm okay. Be next week and I'm not ready for that. All right. Thanks, Al. Appreciate the call, yeah, Alan. <laughs> Leave it to Lord to get us uh, off the main track there and in the gutter. No. <laughs> 217-356-9397. The legislation or the, the, uh, the guidance, so to speak, of this NIL thing down the road is just, I don't know how you do it. Who wants to take that on? Well, obviously the NCAA didn't want to, and they didn't get in front of it. And so they're coming in from behind. And everybody's got a different rule. Everybody's operating under different uh, orders and rules. And, and uh, it's gotten out of hand. It's so out of hand that right now it is just a, a, a mess. But I think that there is work towards some kind of restrictions, some kind of rules. Um, I mean, rules for everybody. And I imagine that we'll see it within the next couple of years. I don't know how long it'll take. If Congress would act that would resolve it, uh, at least give everybody the same operating. Yeah, but there's been rules before, and cheaters cheat. Well, well people are always going to cheat, yeah. I mean, that's just, we know that, but, you know, it, it still it's, uh, there has to be some kind of a format that everybody can operate under, and, and but I don't know how you ever stop cheating. That's like, how do you stop crime? There's always going to be crime. Right. Maybe that's something you can figure out before. Uh, <laughs> if I figure it out before we go off the air, I'll no, I don't you know. be. I'll give you a little more time than that. <laughs> I'll give you a couple of weeks at least to, to try to get that done. If you want to join us, feel free to uh, jump in. By the way, if you happen to be uh, in the market now that it's spring, it looks like it might be here. 
you're thinking about a new window uh, for a set of windows for your home or a couple of doors, keep our friends at um, the Pillow Window Store in mind, but give them some lead time because there's still a lot of industries that are being uh, bothered by this uh, supply chain delays. So uh, keep that in mind as you're planning out your project. But uh, the best place to see the possibilities are at their showroom at 1001 North Country Fair Drive in Champaign. You can see the products in person there and discover the beauty of wood windows, the ease of, and of the uh, between the glass blinds and the durability of fiberglass entry doors. You know, Illini Pella is rated number one by Champaign homeowners as the window brand that can improve the value of your home. The Pella experts know all about what type of window or door works best for each unique situation. And working with them is an easy process. They'll be there for you from uh, the start to pick out the products to the installation and to some financing uh, information as well if you're interested in that. Visit the showroom to get started. They're open Monday through Friday, 8 to 4, Saturday by appointment. Visit them on their, their website at PellaOfChampagne.com. Say hi to Mike Mary, Luke Mary, and all the guys at the Pella Window Store in Champaign. We mentioned the uh, baseball scores. What are your thoughts on, uh, let's just take real quick here, the uh, Cardinals, Cubs, and White Sox after about a month of play. Well, the Cardinals I, are 16 and 10. Yeah, the White Sox should have been better than we we don't know what caused that big slump. I mean, obviously it's bad pitching with some errors in the field. Anderson was having trouble at shortstop and all those injuries that are, are just unusual to have that many. I I think the White Sox will straighten out as they get players back, particularly but it, Lynn's going to be out for weeks yet. I mean, I I don't know how uh that should be a team that contends, and that should be a team that wins that division. But uh, the Cardinals, the problem the Cardinals got is Milwaukee. Their pitching right now is the top three in the league, and their hitting is the top three. They are really good at Pierce. And I think the Cardinals are a good team, whether they're as good as Milwaukee. I think it's going to be a two-team race, don't you? Mm-hmm. And I, I don't know that uh, – I don't. I think the Cardinals are in a position right now where they're trying to figure out what to do with it. With some tremendous minor league, they got the best minor league outfielders in baseball. I mean, second base and outfield. Okay, and so I think that I think you'll see that the Cardinals will be moving some players up from the minors, and if unless unless O'Neill can start hitting, unless uh, unless uh, DeYoung can start hitting. I don't know what you, what do you do with Norsgaard. I mean, he's up there, but he's not playing that much, and, and he's going to go back to minors. That's fairly obvious. They're they're still shaking it up, but they've got a nucleus, a really good team. They've got a tremendous defense, and their relief pitching is pretty solid, and the starting pitching is getting better. Everybody, by wants the way, to... did you see Wainwright came up with a virus? Yeah, <laughs> but he might be okay by his next start, which yeah. is Tuesday. Yeah, he does. he has no symptoms. Right. Maybe, but he did test negative and needs to test positive twice. Uh, other way around, mm-hmm. <laughs> the positive negative in those testings is a little bit confusing. But he needs to have two negative tests mm-hmm. uh, before he can uh, get back. But his next start is Tuesday at home, and that uh, <clears throat> that might work out uh, well. You know, a lot of Cardinal fans are wanting to see Nolan Gorman being uh, promoted, and and I'm one of them at some point. But it's kind of he's kind of in an all or nothing range right now. He either hits a home run or he strikes out. He's not mm-hmm. doing much else. 
No, his batting average isn't that good. Right, and his and strikeout percentage in the last couple of weeks is like 41%. Yeah, uh, I guess, but you hate to see the Cardinal infield. If you if you move Edmund to shortstop and put him at second, you might be weakening two positions on the infield. Oh, I think there's no doubt. And and right now their infield, even though DeYoung is not hitting a lick, He's been really solid at shortstop. I mean, Edmund is sensational at second. He's the best second base defender. I thought when they lost Wong, I thought yep. they took a step down, and actually they took a step up. He's hitting. He's hitting the ball. He's getting walks now that he wasn't a year ago. And then you got, uh, you know, the third and first, you got two of the best players in baseball. So the Cardinal infield, you hate to see him mess with it, but doggone DeYoung is just a dead out. He's going to fall under 100 batting average here if he keeps going. No kidding. He was at 118 during the game last night. Yeah. And, uh, and probably he, below that he, now. Yeah, he went 0 for 4, didn't he? Right. The other night when they were playing, when I think you and uh, Joe Thompson and I were kind of texting along uh, during that ball game, and and he hit into a double play, and I, I texted. I said, you can't even get him to strike out when, he, when <laughs> well, you want him to. Well, I thought about that when <laughs> later when he hit a – uh, the next night, I believe, he hit a, a weak ground ball with runners on first and second, and I thought, it's like a sacrifice. I wanted him to sacrifice anyway just right, to avoid hitting right. into a double play. He hit one off the end of the bat. <laughs> and dribbled down toward first base, and they got him out at first. It's uh, 9.30. We'll take a timeout. We'll be back and uh, talk some more. We'll keep the phone lines open. Matt Stevens from Illini Guys will join us to talk some Illinois sports whatever else might uh, come up. So stay with us. We're back with more Illini Pella Saturday Sports Talk after this. It is 9.33, Illini Pella Saturday Sports Talk with Lauren Tate. I'm Steve Kelly, and we're with you until 11 o'clock Illinois baseball today. Don't forget, a doubleheader over at Illinois Field. Miami, Ohio in town for the uh, weekend series, and... uh, Dan Hartlib will win away, Lauren, from a milestone win of number 500. He's going to get that soon. Hopefully he gets it uh, early today. Absolutely. That's a lot of them. That is a lot. And uh, we had lunch the other day with uh, his predecessor, Itch Jones. Well, he stepped in seamlessly. Yes, he did. He served under Itch. He caught under Itch at SIU. He coached under Itch. And uh, it was, I think, it was about as normal uh, a switchover as you could ever have. I think Itch had him, uh, you know, was preparing him for that mm-hmm. even a year or two before. Let's welcome into the program Matt Stevens, who covers Illinois football and other sports as well for IlliniGuys.com. Matt, how are you doing this morning? Not bad, guys. I'm trying to do uh, Dan a solid today because last time I covered an Illinois doubleheader, they lost both both ends of it. So I want Dan <laughs> to get 500 today. So I'm staying away from Champagne today. I got you. This via phone. Okay, well, I'm, I'm sure that uh, he'll appreciate that. Let's, uh, <laughs> let's uh, talk a little bit of Illinois football. It's been a couple of weeks now since the uh, spring game, but uh, you've had time to kind of sit back a little bit uh, from spring ball. And uh, I always say spring ball is spring ball. You learn some things, but uh, you don't learn as much as you'd like to get out of it necessarily. But what are some of the takeaways that uh, you have from uh, the Illinois spring session of 15 practices, which included that spring game. If Tommy DeVito can't win the starting quarterback job, I don't know what to tell anybody. Um, and, and the fact of the matter is I thought he looked really, really good 
in the spring game um, that night. He looked significantly better than he did that Saturday before when they did that little scrimmage in front of uh, select season ticket holders on that Saturday morning beforehand. Um, I thought the offense looked a little bit better. I know the bar wasn't set very high by Barry Lunny that he's kind of wanted them to look confident. I thought they did. I thought they, they played with some pace. There wasn't any pre-stab stuff that, that made you feel like they didn't know what they were doing and that they, they didn't have stuff down that they, they were working on the previous 13 practices. And I thought the offense, first-team offense, and I know they're going against the second-team defense, but I thought that they just, they just looked like they knew what they were doing and they, they looked like they had picked up what Barry had, had, had implemented and installed really, really well. They still have problems on the outside at receiver, but I actually thought even with a couple of pieces – missing and, and kind of being moved around i thought the offensive line played pretty well um on on both um sets i thought the second team offensive line looked pretty decent actually so i think there's depth being built there so and the defense i think is is something that you kind of knew was going to be there um they don't miss that many kirby joseph's a significant piece that you're missing you're missing your two outside linebackers but other than that uh keith randolph didn't play but you know he's going to be there in the fall that defense has a lot of pieces coming back and, and, and a guy in Ryan, Ryan Walters that you know can coordinate it pretty well. So I was pretty encouraged by what I saw that night in the spring game and based off of what I, what I had seen the last 13 practices, what we've been able to witness and see and hear. Well, you mentioned uh, the wide receiver position as maybe a concern. What other ones uh, might you have uh, going into the fall? Well, I, I, I think – First of all, outside wide receiver is just such a big, significant hole. Tommy DeVito has to be able to find people. The summer is going to be huge. He's got to get on the same page with guys like Brian Hightower and things like and, and, and finding other receiving outside receiving targets. Throwing fade routes to Isaiah Williams isn't going to work. It just isn't going to work. And um, that's the guy for to be able to get number one in the football. But in order to do that, you have to have outside receivers that can be, be perceived as a threat. Uh, I think defensively, it'll be interesting to me how they try to fill that Kirby Joseph spot. I think they're going to try to fill it with a trio of guys in Sidney Brown, Jartavius Martin, and um, you know, and, and Kendall Smith. But I, I'd like to know how that's going to work, and and that's a that's a big piece that you're you're suddenly missing in your defense. And again, I think I think uh, being able to add depth on the defensive line, which they're doing in the transfer portal come the fall, but. I think you're gonna you're you would love for them to be able to have guys maybe either the guy some somebody like you know Gabe Yakis at outside linebacker that can go get the pass rusher as an entrant as an incoming uh, true freshman might be able to help you or you just go portal shopping for more pass rushers. I think that that's something that Ryan Walters would desperately want, and I think any time that you can give more depth to that defensive line, you're you're uh, you're in a better you're in a better spot because. Terrence Jamison, the defensive line coach, has been trying to do that, you know, since the day he got brought on campus. So those are the kind of situations that I'm kind of monitoring as we get closer and closer to August. Matt, uh, when uh, – under uh, I'm sorry, when Bielmas talked about doing interviews with the players, and I expected a number of players to leave, as it turns out maybe there's only a couple leaving that I know of uh, after the meetings. Are you aware of any uh, other players – I know Plur, one of the I think one of the offensive linemen has transferred and or at least entered the portal. What what do you hear in that regard? You know, I, I, it's funny because Lauren because he kept talking about I'm not going to be able to get to 85. I'm not going to be able to get to 85 for the 2022 season. 
I had no idea what he was talking about because I had him for so far over 85. I'm, I'm sitting here and going, what are you, what are you talking about? Like, I'm wondering how you're going to get to 85. And the idea is uh, there, there have been significant backup pieces that have left this team. You'd mentioned Pelor. Uh, Brody Weisscarver is another one on that offensive mm-hmm. line that will not be back. Um, there are a couple of other pieces that, that, that will not be back. Um, but most of them are, are, are depth pieces. Mm-hmm. I have not seen a significant starter in your starting 22 or what I would consider maybe your starting 25, 26, 30 guys that you're going to be on both sides of the ball that you're going to be looking at. Um, I haven't seen a significant piece decide to walk away yet. But I do know that they it has opened up some spots um, that, that I don't know whether or not they're going to be able to fill into the transfer portal. For now, I've got them for somewhere right now around 82, 83 scholarships. So there are a couple open right now if they wanted to go portal shopping before before August. And I know the staff is, is doing that. Um, and I think, again, like defensive line is something that they're definitely looking at even more uh, in the portal. Um, maybe for – you know, trying to find some offensive line depth if if, if they can find it uh, in, in the portal. But no, Lauren, it has been a, it has been I would say a half dozen guys that have that have decided to walk away from the program um, immediately after the spring game. It's kind of quieted down a little bit. But I now understand what he was talking about in terms of you know I don't know if I'm going to be able to get to 85 scholarship players because I don't have them at that now and I think Brett Bieleman knew exactly what kind of attrition he was going to be experiencing immediately after the spring. Well we're in a new world where a guy recognizes after spring ball that I am not going to be in the two deep okay and I, I want to play football and I'm going to look sure. around and I'm going to go to Illinois State or I'm going to go to SIU or I'm going to go somewhere where I can play because these are my years. I'm, after these years are over, I'll never play again. So I can understand why guys are moving, and I would expect uh, we'll, we'll even see some more of that as, as guys analyze their situation and as they graduate here or as they complete the semester, complete this school year, uh, you might see some more guys actually uh, stepping away. And it doesn't surprise me because uh, that's the only way they're going to get a play. I don't, I, I don't see him lose. Other than Barker, has he lost anybody uh, in in the portal that we that he really wanted? No, I don't think so. And I, I think there's been. I, well, I would say really wanted. I, I I do think there was some significant, you know, looks at. Uh, you know, I, he never got healthy. But I, I go back to Brody Weiscarver, who was the highest ranked you know offensive lineman that Lovey ever signed. I do think that they wanted to make something out of him, but I, I think he never got healthy, and I think he he it just he needed a, he needed a restart. And I understand what Brody was trying to accomplish there, but no, I don't think anybody in there too deep right now, other than Daniel Barker, uh, was with somebody that they significantly thought that they were gonna they were gonna lose, and and they did. So no, you're right, Lauren. I, I think that there's a situation here where they've they've done a really really good job of recruiting their own roster if you guys remember kendall smith put his name in the portal and then came back to illinois so they've done a really really good job of re-recruiting the roster when they have to um and that i i feel like there's there's a there's 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 a message that's being told to guys that that you have an opportunity here to go to to play if you if you if you want to do that and um there's also 
you know, no, 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 no love loss. For, or no, I wouldn't say love loss, but there's no feeling of remorse when guys enter the portal because that just opens up another spot for them to go, you know, either portal shopping or, or add to a, a recruiting class in the, in, in the future years. So um, I, I think the one thing we're learning about Brett Bielema, Lauren, is that, you know, unlike previous administrations, there's a, I say this all the time, there's a plan for tomorrow, there's a plan for three months from now, and there's a plan for three years from now, too. And so I think that they've stayed on track to what that plan is. Talking to Matt Stevens from Illini Guys, the difference between the basketball portal and the football portal, what is it in your mind? Everybody's referring to the basketball portal basically as a wild, wild west. Is, the, is it the same on the football side, or are we just hearing more about the basketball? Oh, it's the same on the football side. Okay. You've got Pat Narduzzi right now who lost a Blitnikoff Award winner, meaning the, the best wide receiver in the country last year is in, has entered the transfer portal at, at, coming out of Pitt. We all know where he's going. He's going to go to Southern Cal and play for Lincoln Riley to, you know, out west. Um, and he's already basically put in a claim that there's there was you know tampering with that player. It happens all over. I mean – I've said it before. I'll say it again. I don't have any sympathy for coaches on this one. I just don't. I'm sorry. Um, to I, you know, to quote Don Draper's character in Mad Men, that's what the money is for. Um, and you, you get paid all. You get significantly compensated for having to deal with all of this. And yeah, you have to assume. And I think that Brett Bielema has kind of. If he hasn't said it, he's implemented it. That you know. My guys are being tampered with, and we're kind of doing it too. So you have to have to make that assumption. No, it's it's everything that has been under the table for the last two, three decades is now over the table, and it's being done in front in in you know in in the spotlight, in the light of day. And and I think that everybody has gotten you has got to start getting used to that idea because I don't know how you police it. And I don't think they're going to. I don't think they're going to be able to. So no, I wouldn't suggest that the basketball portal is any more, uh, you know, violent or uh, as, uh, you know, as up up in the air as as the football portal. I think they're both on the same kind of plane. Steve's got a good question for you, but before that, I just want to. It occurs to me. I just wonder how Pete Elliott would feel, since uh, well, or or Harry Combs, they gave uh, Rich Jones. $35 a month, and they gave uh, Dunlap, the stinner on the Illinois basketball team, a little less than that per month. Like laundry money, huh? Laundry money. <laughs> it was called laundry yeah, money. Yeah, And now they're getting thousands of these same what, – what would Rich Jones get today? I mean, he was a top star, 6'8 forward that could shoot. I mean, he was going to be an, a, a professional player. And those guys, uh, you know, and, and Illinois suffered so badly from from the slush fund scandal, and that's the, that's the kind of stuff they were doing with just minor uh, payouts to players. And by the way, those same uh, those same payouts were illegal in the NCA, but not within the Big Ten. Illinois was in violation of Big Ten rules. But Steve, you go ahead. I'm I'm interested in hearing his reaction to this question. Well, I'm going to talk to you a little bit about. Uh, there's been a lot of talk about. Uh, the future of college football where you've got uh, maybe the top uh, 27 or eight programs, then you got everybody else, kind of a tier kind of thing. I saw somebody had a, had a column this week uh, somewhere along the way where they, they had four divisions uh, of seven 
teams each, and there were seven teams from the Big Ten mentioned there, and you can kind of figure out who those are. But do you see college football going that way where you've got uh, all the big boys and then everybody else in a, in a different uh, tier? Guys, if you don't think that college football has had a tiered system for 30 years, I, I don't know what the, I don't I don't exactly know what you've been watching. Like the difference is is is, is interesting to me because I think the names are just going to change. I don't think the philosophy changes. I I think let me put it to you this way: what Cincinnati did last year to get in the fourteen playoff is phenomenal. Mm-hmm. It's absolutely phenomenal because everything in the system is put put against them in order to make that. But college football has had a tiered system for years and it has taken years for like, say an Oregon to break through into the top tier of, of, of college football, because, you know, you were talking about, you were talking about a program that in the mid nineties was kind of in the dreads of the, of the, what was the PAC 10. Um, it took years for them to get into that, to that system. I mean, to get into that tier. But this what would be different you're now. Is that you're seeing schools that know, okay, we've been at the top of this tier. I don't know if we can stay there. You hear Dabo Sweeney at Clemson talk all about, you know, how he hates the portal and he hates the concept of what college football is. You know why he hates it? Because he knows that Clemson's not one of those schools in one of those markets that's going to be able to, you know, put together NIL packages that are going to be able to, you know, compete with Miami and Texas A&M and Texas. I think the names are just going to change. Alabama is dead scared. Don't don't get don't get me wrong. Alabama is going to be a power until Nick Saban decides to hang it up. But the minute that that happens, Alabama knows that. I don't. I think there's a lot of people in, in the Alabama athletic department that know that they can't live in Texas A&M's world right now in terms of NIL and and what they can provide for kids and what their market you know place in 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 the United States of America is. So I think the names will change. But I've operated into the system that there's been a tiered system in college football for, for decades. Okay, but let, let me insert this uh, because this is okay. what Steve's talking about, 7, 14, 21, 28, you know, north, south, east, west. Yeah. And then you have everybody else, and these other and Illinois would be in it with everybody else, and Illinois' distribution would not be the same. In right. other words, those 28 teams are going to be getting the main slots in TV. They're going to be making the distribution money. And the teams below, and 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 what I hear is a is a tiered situation, which the teams in the lower tier could move up, like they do in uh, in in England with the with the soccer, where the the bottom teams move up from their tier, and the and the teams that uh, the teams that finish below uh, in, in the top relegation, and yes, all that kind of stuff in England. Yeah, I mean, I don't think that's going to happen, but I mean, that's being talked about. I don't think it's going to happen officially, but I think I think here's what here's how I interpreted the question, which is I think we enter every year, guys, with the idea that what 15 schools might win the national title every year and have a shot at it. I mean, I, if there's anything more than that, I don't really know. That's and, a high uh, number. I really wouldn't know what to tell you. Yeah. So I I think that there's that. I, I do think what bothers me, and I'm not just going to single out college football, but the the story about uh, that came out of Ross Dillinger's about a week ago, um, Sports Illustrated piece about, you know, what they want to do in terms of, uh, you know, increasing the scholarship limits for, say, baseball, you know, and mm-hmm. ha- having them operate under the 11-7 anymore and have them basically be full scholarships, 25 on, on a team. I think there's going to be a lot of schools, and Illinois is not going to be one of these schools. Illinois will be fully funded, trust me. But there's going to be a lot of schools that look at that and go, okay, are we really going to do that? Like, are we – are 
or are we done with? And I do think that we could get to a point where, you know, we have division, we have FBS and we have division one and all that. There might be a different tier in terms of this is, this is different. You know, this is division one a, you know, and then you've got division one guys down here. You've got, um, what, what I what I interpret that as is that I don't know if Illinois and, say, Northern Illinois, which are both Division One schools, I don't know if they're going to operate under the same rules here 20 years from now. I don't know if that's the case. I don't know if that makes sense. Um, I've said that, you know, repeatedly to Josh Whitman, that I don't know if you and Illinois State need to be operating under the same rules. Um, so I do think that that's coming down the pike, but I, I don't know what this is going to look like post-NIL. And I don't like the idea of what I've what I've been reading this morning, which you know, again from Ross Dillinger, that we're going to be putting kids and you know players and you know hotel conference rooms and giving them immunity and saying, hey, tell us which which boosters representing which schools were contacting you in the portal, because I just don't know how you 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 monitor and, and legislate the idea that a, a private individual business is trying to contact you. And yet we're going to punish Miami or BYU or Illinois for for that type of behavior. I I don't know how you monitor that. I I don't know if I'm in favor of that because that just goes back to, is this over the table or is this still under the table, guys? Because just because you don't like it doesn't mean it isn't legal. Well, you can't punish uh, individual companies if it's in a collective. You know, it may right. be the collective contacting, and and that'd and be yeah, very well, hard. I'm, 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 I don't mean to like, but I know because I know they're doing a lot of good work, Lauren, but. Don't tell me that the, that there aren't going to be people in Illini Guardians either in the future or now or whatever that are, which is the Illini Collective that aren't monitoring which kids that they want to be contacting in terms of NLI money. A couple of more minutes with uh, Matt Stevens from Illini Guys. Let's go to the phones, Jacksonville, Florida. Mark checking in. Hey, Mark. Hey, good morning. I've heard them talk about maybe the top 50 teams or top 40 teams in college football breaking away from the rest, sort of having their own uh, league, if you will. Well, I can't think of a quicker way to kill the Golden Goose than that. These TV contracts are not based around those top 30 or 40 guys. Yes, they are partially, but it's because you get eyes from Illinois, you get eyes from Maryland, you get eyes from Rutgers, the New York area. They're paying for all those eyes to be on those programs, on that programming, whether it's the Big Ten or whether it's CBS. And if you chop all that off, you know, people in Illinois think, well, we've got no shot, just quit watching, you know, or we only watch our little regional games. That's a quick way to kill that golden goose of billions of dollars. Okay. Uh, That might be. What do you think, um, Matt? That sounds to me. I I understand where the argument's coming from, but that that argument also sounds to me a lot why the Big Ten went to say Maryland and Rutgers, and we kind of all figured out how that worked. Um, the television regional network you know, ratings are kind of funny because you know you wouldn't think Birmingham, Alabama, would be a ginormous uh, you know ratings boom market kind of, but. I'll be honest with you, and, and this is going to change because now CBS doesn't have the SEC. But CBS put Alabama on six times a year because they knew that they would get a huge number because all those people in the South and all those people in Birmingham would click their televisions on. And 
I tell the people all the time when I used to cover the SEC, they put the Egg Bowl, which is the Ole Miss-Mississippi State game on CBS one time, and they put the Iron Bowl on ESPN one time. CBS looked at the ratings that Monday morning and went, "Uh uh-uh, we're never doing this again. So the ratings are kind of finicky and funny when it comes to, you know, at least down south, south of the Mason-Dixon line, how those ratings work because there's a lot of televisions that turn on in, in small market south to watch college football. And so I wouldn't necessarily be running toward certain markets that just might because of, you know, just history and uh, just familiarity think that you're just, they're always going to turn on college football because there are a lot of, like you say, East Coast markets that just don't get – jazzed about college football because they just have a whole bunch of other interests specifically like professional sports out there that 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 kind of take up their time sure makes you wonder about new york i mean we 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 uh we brought in rutgers because they're next to new york and i don't think that's working no and 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 and, uh, to, to to your point the sec went to Missouri because they wanted St. Louis and Kansas City, and that didn't do a darn thing for them either. So a mm-hmm. um, whole bunch of people in Missouri are getting the SEC network and don't have a darn clue what to do with it. So, um, yeah, I, I see your point. I mean, the Jim Delaney, let's run toward Rutgers and let's run toward Maryland didn't really work out all that well, and now you've kind of got two schools that feel like that they don't really belong in the, in the Big Ten because you were, you were chasing, you know, cable boxes, which are now become obsolete. Anything else, Mark? Yeah, can I make one comment on the NIL? I don't think it's going anywhere, and I don't think it's going to be regulated because of the courts, but I can kind of sum it up in that NIL just made cheating legal. You know, everybody can do it now. Before it was the, we all know who it was, uh, of the world of college basketball and college football. And so in that respect, kind of opened up opportunities for all the other teams to be able to at least – Compete. Yeah, what we need is a ruling, uh, court ruling on inducing, because inducements, the NCAA still has rules against inducement, and you might find that a court would decide that there's nothing wrong with inducements, as far as I know. I mean, well, and if that happens, then it's just the wild, wild, wild west. Lauren, you had a, on this program, you had a gentleman on discussing NIL before it went into effect, like, I don't know, maybe May or June of the year before, before July 1st. Mm-hmm. And I called and said, anybody who doesn't think this is going to be pay for play is kidding themselves. Yeah. It's obviously going to be a recruiting tool. Mm-hmm. It certainly is. Hey, Mark, thanks for the call. We appreciate Thank that you. for sure. Matt Stevens, thanks for your time this morning. Uh, com is where you can follow Matt and Brad Sturdy and all the other folks there. Thanks for your time, buddy. Not a problem, guys. Have a good one. Hey, good stuff, Matt. It is 9.58. We'll take our break here at the close of the first hour of Illini Pella Saturday Sports Talk and be back with hour number two. Tom Ackerman will kick us off to talk some baseball. We'll keep the phone lines open as well. Back with more after this. My name is Denise Martin. I'm a diehard Illini fan and admittedly love the Cubs. When it comes to financial planning, most financial companies ask, what's your salary? At Kirby Wealth Management Group, we ask, what's your story? We know building the right financial plan means looking at more than money. That's why we start by asking the right questions, listening to what matters most to you, then guiding you every step of the way to help you live the life you want now and years from now. 
Call us today at 217-355-9390. It's the second hour of Illini Pella Saturday Sports Talk on News Talk 1400 and 93.9 FM WDWS Champaign-Urbana. Join the program by calling 217-356-9397 or send a text to the Castle Heating and Cooling text line 217-351-5357. Here again are your hosts, Lauren Tate and Steve Kelly. Hour number two of Illini Pella Saturday Sports Talk. We're with you until 11 o'clock this morning. Don't forget there's Illinois baseball and softball on this uh, nice day for a change in central Illinois. We've got 55 degrees right now in sunshine. The uh, baseball doubleheader against Miami, Ohio gets underway at noon. You can hear it right here if you're not uh, able to get over. And it's the world's largest softball tailgate going on as well. Lauren has already proclaimed He's a tailgating today. I'm going to have lunch there. He's a tailgating fool. Let's talk. <laughs> or some, at least a fool. <laughs> let's talk some uh, Major League Baseball. Tom Ackerman, KMOX in St. Louis, is with us. Good morning, Tom. How you doing? I'm doing great. I just told your producer, Dave, that I just walked off the stage at Bethel Lutheran Church here in St. Louis for the Cardinals Pancake Breakfast. <laughs> I do it every year at 8.30 in the morning, the first, usually the first Saturday or in May or the last Saturday in April. This is where my wife and I got married 19 years ago. So I still come back and I do the pancake breakfast and we talk Cardinal baseball. And I looked at the clock and it was 10 and I looked down at my phone and I was getting a call. So I told the crowd, Folks, that's WDWS in Champaign-Urbana. It's time for me to go. You know what? I think we – this is kind of deja vu all over the all over again because I think a, a year or two ago we had you on the same morning you did the thing at the uh, Bethel Lutheran Church. So, is that you know, right? Yeah, maybe we've got a little <laughs> pattern going here. We do. Well, they're, they're amazing fans. Uh, great questions. They really – I mean, we covered pretty much everything, so I'm definitely prepped. Uh, to talk to you guys, but it was, um, I did the post game last night, pre and post last night for, I thought one of the best games of the year. So as soon as that game was over, I thought about this interview and I thought about the pancake breakfast. And I was like, great. Now I get to talk about good things because they're, they're playing, <laughs> they're playing really well. I mean, they've got their holes, but it's a good baseball team that I think is off to a nice start. Well, I'd be interested in knowing what some of those questions were that you've already answered. What, what, are the th- what are the things that are most on their mind? I think, you know, we talked about all the good stuff, but let's get to the concerns. Uh, one would be the rotation. How does that look moving forward? And the other one would be Paul DeYoung and, you know, the, what is the shortstop position going to be? Um, let's tackle the shortstop. You know, I, it's my belief that, Tommy Edmond can play that position, and if they had to go there, I don't know that he plays there every day because I think if you called up Nolan Gorman, the best-hitting prospect in this organization, Gorman and Jordan Walker are both, um, and you feel like Gorman's strikeout rate is low enough now that he can be a factor in the big leagues, I think that he plays second base or DH and does it almost every day. I think you've got to that point. Gorman's not going to sit on the bench. So if that happens, you got to move Edmund to short. He doesn't have to play there every day. And you still have Sosa, who could play short. And this is if 
you have given up on Paul DeYoung. And, you know, I think DeYoung is getting another long opportunity here to be good. They love his defense. Uh, but his offense, you know, there's only so long that you can go with a guy that can't hit. Uh, so, you know, that's, that's one. And then the other one is the rotation. Adam Wainwright, as you know by now, has tested positive for COVID and is in protocol, feeling good, should be out of it soon, I would think. Uh, he goes right back into the rotation with Michaelis and Mats and Hudson, which I think is a good four-man rotation. And then last night, man, I mean, Jordan Hicks looks phenomenal. The question is, how soon can they ramp it up to get him more than four or five innings? And do they need to? Probably, to save the bullpen. But he looks every bit the part if he stays healthy. And then there's that last piece. There's a guy who's going to throw a bullpen today. And actually, when I heard this news yesterday, I was a, a bit su- pleasantly surprised. Because I heard he was going to throw, and then I said, whoa, wait a minute. Jack Flaherty's going to throw, like, a full bullpen? Like, he's going to use all, not just throw a straight ball, but he's they're going to have him throwing multiple pitches, that is encouraging. And so I think it's a big day for the Cardinals from that standpoint. If Flaherty is really that far advanced in his program, that is a good sign. Well, you know, there's still a lot to come, and yeah, I don't want to get too excited, but the Jack Flaherty news is very encouraging. Let's bring in uh, Marty from Pinehurst, big Cardinal fan. Marty, what's on your mind this morning? Morning, Steve. Morning, Tom. Morning, Lauren. Mm-hmm. Okay, I, I, I like all your thinking there. Um, you're obviously going to give something up at second base if Gorman's playing there. It might have to go that way. We'll see because I, I worry about DeYoung coming out of it. I thought he was going to, but I hope I'm wrong because he does play good defense. But Sosa plays good defense too. Um, he does. Here's another question for you. There's a big guy down at AAA, a big left-handed pitcher named Libertor. Um, I only bring him up because I didn't check his last outing, but he had been throwing very well. And Milwaukee, strangely, has just barely above 500 record the last three years against left-handed pitching. They don't hit lefties very well. So how does he play into things going forward? I think that he'll get a look. I don't know how soon, but they definitely like him. And I think the one thing that they've loved about him recently is he's shown a lot of competitive fire in that in spring training, I think he indicated that he wanted to be in that rotation discussion and wanted that job. Uh, He's no longer just trying to develop in the minors. He wants to be up here. So that's good. It's just a matter of what do you do uh, to back that up. And so far, so good. I think if there's an opportunity – uh, to get into the rotation, they'll give it a look. I don't know that he has to stay the whole time, but you know, once he does come up, that begins his big league career, and and we'll so see like you know, how long it goes. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So you know, that's a consideration always. But if the need is there, I, I don't think they'll hesitate. I mean, he really was in the mix for that fifth spot in the rotation that eventually went to Jordan Hicks. Uh, both Libertor and, by the way, I would not leave out Jake Woodford, although they haven't seemed to really give him enough looks, uh, Johan Oviedo. Oviedo's actually yeah. pitched pretty well. He just needs to corral his pitches and not walk too many people. If he does that, he's going to be good, and we'll finally get that first big Same league win. Story. And on a, 
on another positive note, Tom, and I'll get off because I know Steve, I, I monopolize too much time. Your Indiana Hoosiers might be pretty good in basketball next year from the looks of things. Just, just a thought. I think they might. I think they might. Big pickup of Malik Renault. Uh Obviously, big uh, big pickup of Jalen Hood Shafino. Um, two guys that know each other well. Big strong players. Looking forward yeah. to it. If they get an official word that Trace Jackson Davis is coming back, then now we're talking. Um, but they've got some power, man. They they really do. Yeah, I, trust, think, I think I think the one me, key. I hate, I hate to see it, Tom, but trust me, I hate. To see it. <laughs> <laughs> I think the key the key player uh, uh, that that serves a, a a really nice role right now defensively, who I think could develop into one of the better players in the Big Ten, is Jordan Geronimo, and he's coming back also. So yeah, it should be a good go. a good basketball team. Uh, you know, I I wait until I see it all sort of gel and come together. But, yeah, it's so far so good. Hey, Marty, thanks. You're getting more – Marty, you're getting like Mr. Tate here. You're starting to blame me for everything. <laughs> well, isn't that the way it's supposed to happen, Warren? I guess I, I'm pushing the buttons. I guess that's, that's where it goes, huh? All I know is that that uh, the guy next to me is at fault. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm, I'm, I'm the guy next to you. Hey, Marty, thanks for the call. A couple right, of more minutes on. with uh, Tom Ackerman from KMOX. So – we're a month into the DH in the National League. Are, are you okay with it? What are your thoughts? Yeah, I'm good with it. I mean, I'm good with it, especially when the guy's name is Juan Yepes. Yeah, uh, no what kidding. What a nice addition. <laughs> you know, someone actually asked me an interesting question down there that I hadn't thought about until the other day. Do you think Albert Pujols will get to 700? And, you know, I wouldn't put it past him. He certainly is capable of it. But I, I hesitated a few days ago because Juan Yepes, I don't want him to go anywhere. I, I like him. Um, and if he's going to be the right-handed bat as DH from time to time, then that will take some ABs away from Albert. But as long as Albert is facing lefties, I think he's got a chance to, to get close to 700. And Yepes is a very nice addition. This is the position that the Cardinals needed. Um, they needed uh, another bat in the lineup, and the DH actually serves them well. So from a National League uh you know, aficionado and somebody that always was anti-DH, I guess I've warmed up to it. I guess I'd, I'd ask is uh, t- how good is Thomas down at Springfield and is he going to replace Jeff as with, uh, at Memphis? Uh, but yeah, I think so. I think so. And, um, you know, they're, they're loaded down there. I think eventually, you know, the guy that we all want to see, though, is Jordan Walker. We're still a, a year or two away from him. Um, well, at least a year. Uh, but yeah, they they they've got some serious firepower right now. There's some others that have emerged. Cardinals have a lot of power. Uh, they have done very well stacking this farm system, which ensures that they're going to be good for years to come. I really believe it. Or they can use that as currency to go get a pitcher or whatever their need might be here mid-season. They don't love trading their prospects. That's burned them before. Um, but we just talked about Matthew Libertor and how much they like him. He was part of that Arena trade. And so far, so good. He's their number one pitching prospect. Cardinals have done a nice job of staying the course. And, you know, the biggest thing now is they want to give these players opportunities. They By the want way. Them to play all the time. You know, <laughs> one of the hard things was the fact that the pandemic took minor league baseball away was not good for the Cardinals. You know, they need these players to play a lot. Has a, reason, a Rosarina leveled off? 
Yeah, I mean, he became Babe Ruth in the postseason, and, you know, we'll continue to watch, but yeah, that was an incredible run that he had. Yeah. But I think we all know that this is about years and years of performance and not just weeks. And what do you have to say about O'Neill right now? Boy, he looked really bad in one strikeout last night. I just looked like he just waving he at the ball. He did, and then and then he'll do something like he did also in that game where he threw the ball to second base because mm-hmm. the game before that he threw out uh, Flores at second, trying to take second on a double, threw him out. So last night Estrada knew better. He had seen that, so he doesn't take second. O'Neill throws a cannon over there and ends up setting up the double play to win the ball game. So mm-hmm. he still has great value, of course, all over the place, but specifically at the plate. You know, he's had some good days. He's had some rough days. He is very, very talented. And I think, you know, in one of those players that can get on a hot streak, I think right now you just want to see him be consistent across the board. Sometimes he falls into the habit of, chasing after some balls or he gets out of sync or his timing looks way off. Um, but he's he's capable of hitting the ball out of any yard, that's for sure. There's another guy, and I'm not sure what level he's at now, but I, I do know a little bit about him, uh, Moises Gomez. What do you what can you tell us about oh. him? Oh, boy. Yeah, see, there's another source of power right now. Um, he really came out of nowhere, man. He was sort of off off my radar and others who covered things, but – then again, I was only down in Jupiter for about nine or ten days. Can't see everything, but man, what a, what a talent! So yeah, they're they've got some others too that are a little off the radar. I think Luke Baker uh, at Memphis, he can hit the ball a ton. He has five home runs, um, but they've got some that are just killing the ball, and Gomez is one of those, and that's exciting. The, the other player that probably should be getting more attention is Mason Wynn who can play the shortstop position. I think he could pretty much do anything he wants. He's got tons of speed. He's got great power, both in the gap, and I think he could he could knock a few over the fence, too. So, yeah, they're, they're in good shape there. Back to um, Nolan Gorman, uh, who has, I don't know, what, 13 home runs now or something like that. Uh, and you mentioned his strikeout rate. Is it getting down to what they feel is acceptable, or is he kind of an all-or-nothing guy right now? Um, I think that it's something to watch, you know, so he had that hot streak of home runs and then he had a game where he went over three with over four with three K's right after that. Um, he's going to strike out and if he's striking out in Memphis, then he's going to strike out up here. And I know for a fact that they want that strikeout rate to be reduced. So, you know, it's, it's worth watching. I did not see what his final box score was yesterday, but I know that, you know, it's something that he is working on, pitch selection. But, man, he's got a quick bat, violent bat. And he's not just a power hitter either. He's just a good hitter. Uh, so, yeah, I think they're in good shape. Well, the Cardinals could use a good left-handed hitter, but can he hit left-handers? Right, right. I, I don't know the answer to that, um, you know, because we're, he's not in the big leagues. I think if he's – even if he does it down there, you don't really know. Up here is just a different world. It just is. Um, you know, these are the best pitchers in the world, and they everything has movement. One last question. Uh, yep. Talk about Milwaukee briefly. I mean, is this the team? Obviously, it's the team to beat in the division. I mean, how good are they? 
They're very good. I think the the difference now is the Cardinals now have the bullpen to compete with them. As a matter of fact, I'd go so far as to say the Cardinals' bullpen is every bit as good as Milwaukee's. The Cardinals' bullpen might be, right now, their strongest asset, which is amazing to think. Actually, their defense is still number one, but their bullpen is lights out right now. I mean, Ryan Helsley looked like a robot last night. I don't know. He didn't even look human to me, (laughs) what he was doing out there. And then hitting a two-thirds, striking out four, painting the corner, throwing 102. Uh, It seems like the Cardinals can throw all these guys out there and look every bit as good as Milwaukee's bullpen. So that's the difference. And I think that's why you'll see these two pull away and be neck and neck throughout the year. It's definitely a two-team race in the Central. I think pretty much this has fallen the way that we thought, except that the Reds are 3-22 and or whatever they are. Already 15, 15 games out of first here on May 7th. Uh, but other than that, you know, the Cubs will be a pain uh, at times. They're going to be decent here and there. I think the Pirates will fall back. The Reds have already fallen out of it. It's going to be a two-team race in the NL Central, and, and I think it really does, for those teams, come down to bullpen. And the Cardinals have now matched the very good bullpen of the Brewers. That's Tom Ackerman, sports director at KMOX Radio in St. Louis, a very busy guy. He mentioned pre-game and post-game show last night on a West Coast game, and you've got time for us, as always, and we thank you, as always, very much. Oh, you're absolutely welcome, and I even found a way to get up and do the pancake breakfast. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> they they, they well, you do get, a great job with it. Yeah. you got to eat, too, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, you got to do that. Um, it's a beautiful day here in St. Louis, as I'm sure it is there. Looking forward to the Derby later today. And, you know, let's go. And then right after they award the winner of the Derby, the Cardinals will start tonight. Very good. Okay. Thanks again, Tom. We appreciate it. Thanks, guys. You bet. Tom Ackerman, KMOX in St. Louis here on the Lion Ipella Saturday Sports Talk. Yeah, he talks about that bullpen. Uh, the, the Cardinal bullpen is really good. And what if Flaherty comes back and you throw Hicks into the bullpen? That's not the worst idea. No, it isn't. Because I don't know if you want to extend him. Because you could, you could do that and still extend him. I mean, you could Barely. Pitch him, well, you could pitch him two or three innings. In, well, yeah. Oh, yeah. In, in that type that, of game. Oh, yeah. That 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 kind of extension. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I'm just thinking. You know, he's, I don't know if he's ever going to be a seven inning, eight inning pitcher. He threw what sixty eight pitches, sixty nine pitches last night, something in that well, they're, range. They're yeah. calling it off right after that. Yeah. yeah. It is ten twenty one. We'll take a break and be back with more open line after this. Stay with us. 1023, Illini Pella, Saturday Sports Talk with Lauren Tate and yours truly, Steve Kelly, until 11. Let's go back to the telephone lines. The line is open, 217-356-9397. We're coming in loud and clear in Edwardsville, Illinois, this morning. And uh, Brian is with us. Good morning, Brian. I got a quick question for Lauren. We're more than a month out from the NCAA championship basketball game. What's going to happen to Bill Self? Uh, <laughs> you got me. I I don't know what the, the NCAA is going to do. They, they're they're so they're so toothless anymore. I used that expression before. I I thought at one point I thought surely that that they would um, come down with some penalties, sanctions, and I don't know what's going to happen. Steve, what I'm I'm at a loss anymore to, to know to predict the NCAA. Well, 
things, uh, you know, you've got all those uh, blue-collar or blue-blood programs in trouble, and nothing seems to ever happen. Now, LSU got hit. I get that. But um, I don't I don't see anything happening to Bill Self. I really don't. Well, they'll have to at least sanction him in some fashion. I mean, look, I mean, if we look back a little ways, you know, uh, we, we've seen coaches um, – uh, barred from coaching for multiple years. I mean, the guy at Houston, Samson, you know, he yeah. was out for several years. He had to go to the NBA. The and show cause thing. Show yeah. cause, yeah. And, and he couldn't coach. And, and he's not doing They've had several. And I thought surely Self would be hit with show cause. But you know what? If you hit him with show cause, he's going to go to court. And and the courts have been ruling in favor of <laughs> against the NCAA almost every time lately. In fact, every time lately. I, I wish I could answer that. I, I don't want to think anymore. It's just taken way too long. It's ridiculous that this is going four or five years and, and no answer because they, they, the, in, the FBI put it on a silver platter for them, and you would think they would have been able to handle it. Anything else, Brian? That's all I got. Okay, appreciate the call. Let's uh, stay with the phone lines and go to uh, GB in Urbana, who uh, I'm guessing is in pain this morning. I'm told he's a Cincinnati Reds fan. Oh, boy. We've lost a... Uh, I've been a Cincinnati Reds fan, guys, since 1968. Okay. Let me tell you. Okay, Nick Crawl is the GM. The Robert K- the team's worth $5.6 billion. $5.6 billion. Robert Catalini and Phil Catalini, the son, they just don't want to spend no money. Well, they better sell the team to somebody that does. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. All they got is the Cincinnati Bengals to go for it out there, over there. I feel bad for Joey Votto. You know, Votto's been there his whole career. Well, 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 and, uh, well, well Joey, Joey Votto had a good year last year. Yeah. He had a good year, but he's never hit 40 home runs. He's, he's, he, I think he broke a couple records, I think. I think RBI records or something. He's got some records broken. And he had a great year last year, but he never starts off good. He's on the and DH right on, now. He's on, he's on the virus list right now. Well, he was. Is that but what they it got, is? They get, they, yeah. Well, that's, he was on it the other day. But anyway, uh, India, they got some guys on. Nick Senzel, he gets injury prone, but when he's playing, he's hitting. And then they got, well, let me say, Jesse, those guys they got rid of, Winker, Suarez, uh, Jesse Winker is always having shoulder problems. Suarez, uh-uh. Cassionis got a big deal uh, from the Phillies. Five years, $5 million or something like that. For five years, he went to the Phillies. Nick Cassionis. He is about the only player they probably should have probably kept. But other than that, uh, wait, oh, they, they, they didn't want Wade Miley either, but he's having some arm problems too. So um, Nick Craw is the GM. And uh, if you you know a guy named Ken Brew in uh, Cincinnati, Lauren? No, I don't. Well, he's um, if you oh he he has a Sunday morning sports show that be on from here on from nine to, uh, eight to eleven. If you can get Cincinnati, he's really good, Ken Brew. Mm-hmm. But a- anyway, it's uh, I'm I'm kind of an agony. <laughs> But anyway, uh, take it easy, guys. Yep, oh, you're just going to have to ride it out. That's all you can do. Yep. That's it. I don't know if the 
if you call that a tank job or not, because he mentioned sure they, got, like they, they got rid of a lot of guys, but they've got some injuries as well. But uh, it's tough, <laughs> three wins in 25 games. Well, it's hard to win in that league. You saw the, the White Sox start, and they had a really good team and right. had some injuries, and the next thing you know, they're losing every game. It is 10-28. Have you been by game day spirit lately? Hey, maybe your mom's in town, or maybe uh, you're thinking about a gift for Mother's Day. Well, don't forget about our friends at uh, Game Day Spirit with two locations, and you can shop them online as well. They've got a lot of new merchandise in, uh, T-shirts, headwear, novelty items as well. Uh, They've got chief apparel online if you're interested in that, but uh, a lot going on there in men, women's, and youth sizes. They they will take care of you if you're looking for something for somebody in your family. They've got the uh, Big Ten Championship basketball t-shirts and sweatshirts in stock as well. Game day spirit. If you'd like to go in the store and see what's going on, they're at 519 East Green Street in Champaign and at 1602 South Neal, right there at Neal and Kirby. So uh, don't forget about the folks at Game Day Spirit, your Fighting Illini fan store. That's where Fighting Illini fans shop. It is 1030. We'll take a break and be back with more on Illini Pella Saturday Sports Talk after this. Welcome back to the program, heading into the uh, home stretch here on this edition of Illini Pella Saturday Sports Talk with Lauren Tate. I'm Steve Kelly, with you until 11. We'll keep the phone lines open, 217-356-9397. Talk about a lot of things this morning, baseball, football, basketball, whatever else uh, might come up, we'll do that. We're going to talk some tennis now, NCAA tennis. Men's tennis coach Brad Dancer is with us on the telephone. Good morning, Brad. How are you doing? Good morning, gentlemen. How are you? Good. We're hanging in there. A nice sunny day at uh, 57 degrees. I know you'd rather be out there <laughs> coaching than uh, doing whatever you're doing this morning, but uh, we appreciate you taking time with us. Absolutely. My, my pleasure. I, I think uh, everybody will take today after this week, huh? I mean, it's just <laughs> like, holy cow. <laughs> no kidding. I don't know how many days in uh, – April that it rained, but it seemed like every day, and then uh, the wind blows, And but I guess that's living in the Midwest, but it seems like it's that way every year. But uh, uh, give us an update on uh, the planning uh, process for the NCAA championships, uh, which are coming to Champaign in just a couple of weeks. Yeah, yeah, we're, uh, you know, Zach Acton, sort of our head guy uh, running the championships, and, and he's been busy, and we're talking all the time now, but the facility's sort of getting... Uh, you know, spruced up uh, quite a bit. So it's uh, we got windscreens coming. It's everything. Every, they're doing a great job. It's going to look fantastic. And uh, yeah, we're getting excited. Getting excited. You've done this before. How how big a project is it for you? And what what is your your role during uh, the time the ten or eleven days that uh, teams and players are here? Yeah. To be honest, uh, you know, when we get to this point, you know, my role is, is pretty insignificant. Uh, again, we've got a phenomenal team and a great staff that does everything. I think, you know, six, nine months ago, I'm sort of putting my two cents in here or there about what's going to be important because I, I think you always want to have the coaching and, and really the student athlete perspective on it. But, uh, but in reality, uh, you know, Josh has assembled a great team and, and, uh, and they're going to do a great job with the championships. Well, uh, Brad, I'm going to take you back to this year, and you've had some, uh, such a good run of teams, a great run of teams, really, and uh, something happened this year. I just wondered how you uh, – what what caused the fall off? That's a great question. I mean, I, 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 
you know, I don't want to just say this because it's saying it, but I really do think that, uh, you know, coaching, coaching matters in college sports. And, you know, looking back at hindsight and, you know, I think we could have probably done some things differently in the fall and how we manage our team. And, and maybe that makes a big difference in what we're doing in the spring. Um, so I think the first thing is, is we could have done a better job as coaches in terms of just, you know, how we're connecting and how we're sharing the vision of, of what each guy needs to do. And so we, we've got to do a better job of that. And then the second thing I think is just, you know, the reality of us. We had, we had a lot of guys that I think we were intending to be part of our lineup that, you know, just were on the bench and sideline this year. And so that's, that's always tough, but, but everybody's dealing with injuries, but, but ours were, we, we had a number of season long injuries. And I think that was a big factor for us um, a little bit this year, but, but ultimately I think it's us just not, not doing a great enough job in, in managing our team this year. Well, tell me the story of Alex Brown, because I know I've talked to you about him in the past, about his big serve, and, and here he was playing for you as a graduate, and uh, and yet uh, he, he didn't uh, – well, explain to me, did, did he reach the level that you expected? Well, again, A.B.'s a, a great player. He's even a better human being, and, and he's going to go down as, as sort of a, you know, a great memory of, of his time here at Illinois. I think, you know, the interesting thing for him is is coming out of COVID, he was really sort of never able to rekindle, you know, maybe the magic he had before that. And, you know, the interesting thing again about that is it, it certainly wasn't, you know, how he got too big for his britches or anything else. If anything, he was working harder on the backside of COVID than he ever had beforehand. So I think sometimes, um, you know, it just shows the, the mental side of the sport. It's such a big deal. And he lost a little bit of mojo on a serve, and that was that was a big part of it. And and so all those things happen, and, and it just kind of goes to show the, you know, the mental side of the sport. I think you look at guys like Jordan Spieth and other things where you know, they really had it going for a while, and yeah. maybe no one can put their finger on exactly what happened there. And Hunter Heck certainly uh, performed well for you as a sophomore. He's a, he wound up being your number one player. Now, is he going to compete in the NCAA as an individual? He is not. He did not make the individuals. Uh, Olivier Stewart made the individuals. Oh, I'm sorry. Had some had some really good wins in the fall and um, and in the in the early part of the spring, and so that was enough to kind of get him in. And and he belongs in the field. And Hunter belongs in the field too. Um, Hunter, you know, is one of those things. And, and we've talked about. It. He had some had some losses in the fall where maybe he wasn't kind of fully engaged in terms of where he is. And and that really is what kept him out of the NCAA tournament because he beat a number of great players down the stretch. And and certainly he belongs in there. But uh, sort of a good lesson, not only to Hunter, but to, to some of our younger guys as well. Talking to Brad Dancer, Illini men's tennis coach. You mentioned COVID. When we look back, nobody knew what a pandemic was going to bring. And now that we're past it, uh, we hope, knock on wood, are you able to kind of look back and, and see that how it affected you in, in different ways, both good and bad? I'm, I'm sure that you could probably find some silver lining to that. I don't know. But like this drop-off, how much of that maybe can you uh, attribute to the COVID situation? Well, you talk about, like, mental energies and how important they are, right? And I, so this is where a little bit I blame myself. But, you know, the day two years ago on March 13th or whatever else, when the NCAA came and said, hey, we're going to allow everybody back a year, I turned to coach, I looked at him, and I said, we're going to have a phenomenal 2021 and a horrendous 2022. And uh, – so probably, probably blame me for all this. But I just, you know, I knew the strength of the leadership we would have. I knew that I was going to create a, a sort of a void for guys that were ready to, to maybe step up and be leaders in 21. And then they didn't get their opportunity because we had these huge personalities, uh, you know, coming back. And so that's all part of what goes into to managing the team. And, uh, 
But again, I, I should have done a better job sort of uh, channeling my energies, if you will. I think that could have helped our, helped our team a lot. <laughs> what do you see going forward? What about next year? Uh, you got you got Heck back, don't you? I mean, how many guys do you have returning? Well, that's the great thing, right, is we're sitting there and everybody's finally like, well, Illinois had a bad year. Man, they got, they're losing all these pieces that played this year. So where are they going to be next year? And call me stupid, but I'm incredibly optimistic about uh, – you know, kind of just where our team is headed right now. We had, you know, we had a significant amount of, of scholarship money sitting on our bench this year. And, uh, and I think with, uh, with the guys that didn't play this year that will be eligible next year, uh, with the injuries, you know, sorted out, uh, I, I expect us to be right back challenging for the Big Ten Conference and, and making a run at NC2As. I really do. So I think when we talk about our team, we're not going to talk about, uh, you know, trying to – take it one step. I think we can be right back and, and be the team that we've always been here. By the way, how is uh, NIL affecting your team? Are, are some of your players being able to, Is uh, for instance, Heck, is he engaged in that at all? And and what about yeah. uh, Ohio State and Michigan, the teams that are perennial con- uh, competitors for you? Uh, we know they're doing some things, particularly Ohio State, huh? Yeah, exactly. So it's one of those things where every single one of our guys has, has had some sort of NIL opportunity. Uh, so I think that that's a, a real positive thing for them, that, that everybody's at least scratched the surface of it. And then guys like Heck, yes, are leading the way a little bit in terms of he's got a pretty decent uh, social media presence. And so I think that there, there's going to continue to be a ton of opportunities for our guys, and particularly with our, with our boosters. Now, as I say that, the NCA continues to, to kind of take a deeper dive at this and so all that may change even this summer. But uh, but right now, all of our guys are having an opportunity. And, yeah, the reality is Ohio State is, is one of those teams, I think, that is that is sort of setting the standard there. And, and we're going to have to be able to, to match them and, and maybe surpass them in terms of the opportunities we provide for our guys. If, if a team comes out and says, okay, we're going to provide, let's say, $20,000 for each of our team, would that be considered an inducement? And if it is an inducement, is it legal? So this is this is a big gray area, right? In, in the beginning, it was absolutely you can't do that. You know that's an inducement, but you know now you've got the the collectives and and what defines uh, you know what defines as a, as, a, as a task or whatever else. And so, you know, every single time that we get into something, I the first person I call is Cam Cox and say, hey, is this something we can do? You know, what does this look like? Uh, but the bottom line is, it, it seems it seems like it's a lot of gray area and a lot of and a lot of wiggle room to to accomplish what you want to accomplish if you want to get money in the hands of the, the student athletes. A couple more minutes with Brad Dancer is perusing the transfer portal a part of your day as it is in other sports now. It is. It is. Um, I wouldn't say part of our day, but uh, but we, we're we're aware of who's on the transfer portal and, and we've got you know staff people that are kind of checking checking into things, but. Um, we're not we're not overly aggressive in that area. Uh, Illinois is a unique school in terms of coming here, and our culture is pretty unique, I think. So, you know, we've had some great transfers in the past, and uh, and Olivier Stewart obviously is playing the NCAA championships. So I think situations like that where he he approached us because of our uh, financial program being so strong, th- those are probably the win wins for us, and we'll continue to look at that. But uh, I, I wouldn't say we're out there. You know, we're not knocking on other coaches' uh, players and, and trying to steal them or anything like that. How many uh, scholarships do you have total? Yeah, we have four and a half. Four and a half. You have to yeah, divide, you divide them up pretty much. Uh, do you see a time coming? I know there's talk about this 
where you might have uh, individual uh, scholarship, full scholarships for X number of uh, tennis players. I think I think you're going to see, you know, again, with all the changes, I, I think you'll see something like that develop. And on the flip side of that, it wouldn't surprise me if, if you're not in that top tier, top conference thing, uh, it could be no scholarships. You know, you go to a Division three type model. So I, I could see both of those scenarios playing out over the next few years. Earlier this week, Kevin Anderson announced his retirement from uh, pro tennis. He's, of course, a University of Illinois Hall of Famer already, seven-time winner on the pro circuit and former NCAA champion. I know you've got uh, great memories about him. And uh, uh, tell us more uh, of your thinking on Kevin Anderson, not only what he's done in the pros, but what he did for this program. Yeah, well, you know, he was he's one of our all-time winners. Uh, you know, he, he, he had in massive individual accomplishments at Illinois, massive team accomplishments. You know, his team played for the national championship match in, in 2007 in his third year here. Um, and then he's just been this, you know, amazingly tre- tremendous ambassador for our program. So, you know, over the last few months, as, as we've talked about it, and, and you could just you could start to kind of hear a little bit change in his voice about him being ready. And, and so I think it's, you know, a lot of people, oh, it's sad news or else. I feel like it's just, a, to be honest, just a pure celebration of, of everything that he's done and everything he's meant to our program and, and then a celebration of just him and, and everything that he's accomplished. So that's that's kind of how we view it. We're not, we're not looking at it with sad eyes or anything else. It's really a big, big celebration. Do you think he'll stay involved in tennis or what do you think he'll do next? I do. He's, you know, he's, I think right now he's taking a little break from it and uh, he's enjoying that. And, you know, he's, he started to play a lot of music over the last few years, so I think he's going to kind of, you know, probably take a little bit deeper dive into his music. And uh, and they've got a, you know, baby girl, and so I think just being with that family and and, and talking to him, I think it's a lot of it, to be honest, is just having a little bit of downtime right now, which needless to say, he he deserves. I still remember that Anderson Rowe combination. <laughs> Why could they serve? I'd hate to be returning serves on those guys when they were the doubles. They were uh, a yeah. national champion doubles team. Yeah, they were, they, they were, uh, they had match points the next year to become the only team ever to win back-to-back uh, NCAA championships. And so I, uh, I called the wrong serve on, on one of those match points and still regretting it to this day. So <laughs> don't be so hard on yourself, coach. <laughs> I, yeah. I'd say if you got them there, you did pretty good. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> was Roe left-handed? Yeah, Roe was big lefty. Probably, yeah, you know, I, I, that's what I recall. Who has the best serve ever? And yeah. Anderson and Roe are are right there at the top of the best servers I've ever coached. Yeah, that that was a, that was a heck of a team. And that, 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 see, where were you in those years? Were you the head coach yet? Yeah, that was my uh, my second year. Okay. Uh, and they won the the uh, the doubles, and then third year when we when we played in the national championship. Yeah. Okay. Well, listen. Thanks a lot for coming on with us. Just give us a rundown, real quick. Uh, when will? Uh, what are the dates for the NCAA tournament, and and how many teams will be here? And this men, women, and both, isn't it? Yeah, men's and women's both. Uh, it's the, it's the elite eight on for both uh, for both genders. So you'll mm-hmm. have. Uh, on Thursday the 19th is the quarterfinals of the men. Uh, Friday the 20th is the quarterfinals of the women. And then they both both genders play the semis on Saturday and the, the national championship match on Sunday. And then right after that begins on the, on the Monday, uh, both the individual singles and doubles championships. Okay, well, thanks a lot. We appreciate you coming on, Brad. Thanks for having me, guys. Appreciate it a ton. You bet. That's Brad Dancer, Illini men's tennis coach. 
here on the Lime Pella Saturday Sports Talk at 1046. We'll take a time out to have an open line the rest of the way. Stay with us. <laughs> 1048. Coming down the home stretch here on this edition of the Lime Pella Saturday Sports Talk. The phone line is still open though, 217 356 9397. The um, Illinois women's golf team is getting set to uh, play in NCAA regional action. Gets underway Monday. They're in the Tallahassee Regional. Hopefully they'll uh, come out of that. They're seated fifth. I think there are the top four teams or maybe the five. I think in the women's case, I think there's one extra um, regional. So uh, the top four at least uh, will get you into the uh, Nationals. So uh, good luck to uh, Renee Sloan and her Illini women's golf team. The Illini men's golf team will be heading to New Haven, Connecticut, for NCAA regional play uh, next weekend, actually uh, starting late next weekend, early uh, the next week. They'll be hosted by Yale. Illinois is the number four seed out there. So uh, some golf to keep Five an eye Five slots on. open. Yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Whatever, 13, 14, about 13 schools. Yep. 12, 13, 14, something like that. Yep. Yep, and they're four seeded. North Carolina is the number one seed there in that uh, particular uh, region out in uh, Connecticut at Yale. Wake Steve Forest St- is in there, aren't they? Yep. They're Steve Stricker, we mentioned Palmer's him. Palmer's not playing, is he? Who's that? Palmer. Palmer. <laughs> no, or Curtis Strange isn't either, <laughs> or any of those other guys. That <laughs> Why did they Wake turn Forest? out so many great golfers uh, at Wake Forest? I don't know. They, they did and still are doing that. Steve Stricker playing in the uh, PGA uh, Champions Tour event this week and uh, playing well. Good to see him coming back. And we learned earlier this morning that he's going to play over the uh, Quad Cities for the John Deere Classic. Hopefully there'll be some other Illini-connected guys in that as well. That's always a good well, one coming are. Yeah. Yeah. And maybe Dustin Johnson will play in that again. Not Dustin Johnson, uh, Zach Johnson, who's going to be the Ryder Cup captain and he uh, is an Iowa guy and he mm-hmm. always plays in that event and is a former champion as well. Baseball scores last night if you missed them the Cardinals over the Giants 3 to 2 the Dodgers and Cubs rained out and uh, they'll try to play two up there at Wrigley. I would say they got a good chance of that today and tonight. The White Sox beat the Red Sox 4 to 2 in Boston. They'll play again today. Illinois baseball today gets underway at noon against Miami of Ohio and the next win for Dan Hartlib will be number 500 for him. You know, you brought up the Red Sox. There's two teams that constantly confuse me in baseball. One is San Francisco. They were there were several years there. They, they'd win the they win the division every other year. They would yeah, win, win the World they, Series. Win the World Series every. And then you got the Red Sox, and you never know when they're just going to pop up and be really good. And then the next thing you know, they're terrible. I don't get it. I don't know what what it is about them. Uh, but which would you rather have? Would you rather a team that won it every other year and was terrible every other year, or would you rather have a team like the Cardinals that's just always pecking away at, but uh, you know, more consistent? That's a good question. I I don't know the answer to that, but uh, I guess it's, uh, I like the Cardinal way of doing things myself because you feel like you got to be in it uh, all the time. Yeah. But the, you know, the Giants last year won 107 games. That's unbelievable. And the Dodgers won, I think, 107 games as well. Yeah. In the same. But the Giants, I mean, you know why the Dodgers, you know all the Dodger yeah, players. Right. But you look at the Giants, I look at the Giants, I don't know their players. Exactly. Posey retired, and they said, you know, now, they, I mean, I don't know those guys. I'm, I saw them play last night and the night before. I saw some of those games. I didn't see all of them. But I watched them, and I, the guys come up, and I think, 
you know, what's he doing here? <laughs> Speaking of Posey, Buster Posey, they're honoring him today. Are they? That uh, game, kind of an unusual starting time. Maybe that's why. Maybe they got something going. He retired that. early. Yeah, he did. That you game think is that was f- because of concussions or just I- injuries? Yeah, I think so. Mm-hmm. Let's go to the phones and Jim in Urbana is with us. Hey, Jim. Hello. Hey, guys. Um, I've got a hypothetical question for Lauren. I don't know if he does hypotheticals or not, but kind of a, you know, it's kind of a, just one of those things that I keep thinking about myself. Is Illinois better or worse off without Andre Cabello? Oh, boy. Well, I will say that they would have been better off to have him in the sense that if he were to start over fresh and reach the peak that we saw him as a freshman, they're better t- they were a better team two years ago when he was there. So it's not fair to him for me to say that they wouldn't be better with him next year. They weren't better with him necessarily this year. I mean, there were times when he was a negative. But, look, this was, this was a really bad year. I mean, he had COVID. He had injuries. He had concussion. He had, I mean, what, what didn't he have go wrong? And uh, if that many things went wrong with me, I would think maybe I'd need a fresh start. <laughs> and he's getting a fresh start at St. John's, but – the answer to your question is I think probably Illinois would be better with him, and, but I, again, they're starting in a, a different direction now and and more power to them. What do you think? Well, I I, 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 I was really disappointing, disappointed to see him go because I thought he has, you know, I don't say the unlimited uh, upside, but I, I don't think, I think he's a better shooter, and if he could have ever gotten his confidence there, uh, he would have been almost like a complete player then you know he just he didn't settle down I know his new role that obviously I think he could have done that with confidence and yeah I was really sorry to see him go but then there's times I think you know his risk reward decisions on passes or you know if you look at the big picture and that it was probably a negative this year at least I think that so, that's part of the situation he was in because of all those things that we mentioned the the COVID, the concussions, when he did get the opportunity to come back, he was trying too hard, trying to make too many things happen. There were mental aspects yes. to this that a lot of people, all of us, don't fully understand, right? including me. Yeah. Anything else, Jim? No, I, I, I just wonder if you might, you know, somebody made a comment about one time about him, you know, being on the Harlem Globetrotters at some point. <laughs> I, I could almost see that. I mean, he's, he's just really a fun guy to watch. Oh, he's I got magical was. talent. I mean, he's got, he can do things that, I mean, I don't, I don't know how he gets around people the way he does, but he can penetrate. But as you said, he, he didn't shoot worth a hoot, and um, he made too many turnovers, and, and, and yet he was okay defensively and not a bad rebounder no, for, a, good for rebounder. a guard. Yep. Yeah. Okay, guys. Well, thanks a lot. Yep, yeah. thanks for the call, Jim. Hey, Lauren, is there a, a portal for experienced newspaper columnists that you could get into? Uh, <laughs> I just wondered if you were shopping shopping yourself around for opportunities these it's, days. It's a little late. <laughs> <laughs> you never just a, you know. I didn't say tad. I didn't say old. I said experienced. Uh-huh. Could have said very experienced. <laughs> you could. <laughs> I saw that. I saw our friend Mike Grimm up in Minneapolis had a, a tweet this week saying happy birthday to Ray Christensen of what would have been his 97th yeah. birthday this week. And he he's a guy that uh, I know you were good buddies with over time up in Minnesota. Oh, yeah. Yeah, radio guy. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. So he's still kicking around. No, no, no. He he passed. Oh, he did. But if it, this would have been his ninety seventh oh, birthday. Oh, okay. Yeah. I I I don't. I had lost track of him, obviously. Yeah. It is uh, ten fifty six. We might have time to uh, squeeze another call in here. Uh, Daryl, go ahead. What's on your mind? Uh, good morning, gentlemen. I was excited when uh, Podzinski was coming here, and uh, I, I was kind of disappointed when the last game, both Melendez and Goody got the whole second half, and Podzinski and Corbello got zipped. What do you think were uh, Podzinski's shortcomings that he left and or that didn't get more playing time? Um, I don't think he was as athletic and explosive as as Melendez is, and I don't think I just don't think he's quite as good a basketball player as his uh, player of the year from Wisconsin uh, credentials would indicate. That's my opinion. I I don't think yeah. I don't think he would have played for Illinois a, a, at least in the in the front line. He he might have been a, a I think he would have been a deep reserve. Daryl, thanks for the call. Need to take uh, one final break uh, real quick, and we'll do that and be back with some final words in just a moment. Stay with us. The Pella Window Showroom in Champaign specializes in windows and doors. Illini Pella can help you select the right window and door for your project, whether it's for replacements, remodeling, or new construction. Right now, they ask that you plan further ahead to allow more time to get your windows and doors in stock Labor and material shortages are causing some extended lead times. The Lanai Pella, 1001 North Country Fair Drive in Champaign. Pellaofchampaign.com. Well, that takes care of this edition of the uh, program. Don't forget uh, baseball this afternoon, college baseball, out of league action. Kind of a, out of league, a yeah. different time for an out of league series. 12 o'clock. Uh, and then next weekend, uh, we've got Nebraska in, in the final three games of the Big Ten home stand. And hopefully, the Illini can uh, ex- improve on their 12 and 6 Big Ten uh, baseball record. Illinois softball going on as well today against Penn State, a doubleheader today. Thanks to our guest, Tom Ackerman from KMOX in St. Louis. Illini men's tennis coach Brad Dancer and Matt Stevens from IlliniGuys.com. Thanks to our producer, Dave Leak. Mr. Tate, we'll talk to you soon. Enjoy right. the weather. Enjoy some sunshine for a change. I'm going to head over for the, for the scramble at the softball. There you go. On WDWS and 93.9 FM, Champaign-Urbana. Have a good weekend.